You're listening to Art of the Flow. Welcome to Art of the Float, where float centers thrive. This is our weekly podcast that tells our stories of starting and running a float center while we provide insights and tips along the way. As always, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Art of the Float. And of course, you can join the conversation. We'd love to answer any questions or get feedback from you on artofthefloat.com. And uh, you can also find any show notes, links, pictures, videos, anything we talk about on the show, you can also find on artofthefloat.com. I am Dylan Calm. I own The Float Shop uh, with my lovely wife, Sandra, in Portland, Oregon. I'm joined tonight with Amy of Float Nashville and Lance of The Float Shack in Red Deer, Alberta, Canada, where apparently it is somewhere around approximately minus 40 degrees. And uh, we'll also be Celsius. bringing... Celsius, I don't know what that means. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and we'll also be joining, uh, uh, be joined by Brad... Oh, gosh, I'm going to mess up his name. Last name. Brad, What's how do I pronounce your last name? Doke. Doke. Thank you. Doke. Like uh, an oak who, tree. Who owns float.com, uh, also in Canada. We'll get some more specifics about that and the temperature of his living situation at the moment as well. Uh, but first, of course, I want to give a shout out to Float Away. Uh, they've been our sponsor since the beginning. They make some incredible float tanks. And I actually had an issue with my Tranquility, our new float tank here. It was making some funny noises as a... As it was opening and closing, and it was so wonderful to be able to send a message to the team and get an immediate response. We had a quick back and forth, and very quickly, I had my float tank fixed, and it was nice and quiet again. So um, that's one of the things that we talk about is you're not just buying a float tank. You're also purchasing a relationship with your float tank manufacturer, and the customer service is so gosh darn important. So this was uh, just a nice reminder to me that that... Um, that was a nice relationship to be in. So um, it, uh, you know, it wasn't a week-long fix. It was something that happened within hours. So thank you, Floataway. If you're interested in a Floataway brand float tank, it's www.floataway.com. Colin and Ginny are the owners. Go ahead and let them know that Art of the Float sent you. Thanks, guys. Brad, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Thank you. Very good. Very good. And I should also say, welcome, Amy and Lance. How are you guys doing? <laughs> hey, fantastic, Dylan. Good, Thank nice. you. Excellent. Good. So, Brad, we, we oftentimes talk about our week and what's been going on with us and everything. And uh, you can feel free to grab into anything that's been going on with your business. But uh, I'm curious, Amy, how, how have you been this last week here since we last spoke? Yeah. Well, you know, I would love to sit here and talk about the cold and the winter, and I am using air quotes here, storm that came through, but I am surrounded by Canadians this evening, so <laughs> um, I feel a little I feel a little odd, a little awkward talking about <laughs> Nashville weather. Um, but uh, yeah, so we had, we had a bit of a snowstorm this week, and in Nashville, where we are kind of sitting ducks, we have, I think, two snow shovels for the entire county <laughs> nice. um, and we have the, the state has no salt or the county has no salt to put on the road so we, it, everything kind of comes to a halt even though there was about an inch and a half of snow and a layer of ice underneath and uh, whenever that happens we always get a little nervous mm. uh, so Mark and I made our way to the office so that our employees if they had to drive in the uh, and they were a little nervous they wouldn't have to and we were prepared <laughs> to spend overnight uh, if we needed to uh, but the funny thing is uh, people were willing to brave the snow schools were canceled people were fighting for the last loaf of bread in the grocery uh -huh. stores right. um, but our floaters the majority of them were were ready to come and wow. float and quite frankly I think it's the best time of year to float um, I got excited that so many people came and showed up and they'd <laughs> walk in all bundled up and they'd they'd walk in the door and be hit by this nice warm humid air and instantly happy and relaxed before we even got them to the tank so there was a lot of um uh, even though it was crazy outside and we had some cancellations there was a lot of fellowship in the lobby a lot more people sitting enjoying tea a lot more interaction and that makes these snow days so much better it was it was great nice. uh, i didn't mind being uh, snowed in and and, and uh, everyone was safe and life was good. But you didn't have to stay at the at Float Nashville. We did not. Got we it. actually made it home, kind of. I actually, I couldn't make it to my house, um, so I had to stay at Mark's. And uh, we just did a little walking, but, but 
but we made it and every everything was okay. We had a 380 wrecks in Nashville on the first day. So oh wow yeah yeah it's it's oh my <laughs> it's god serious yeah um, but everybody made it okay to the float center and and we made it home okay. So but it's always interesting. I'm always afraid that as soon as you know, as soon as they start closing schools, because they close schools mm. before a snowflake is ever even <laughs> right. seen. Right. Um, I'm always afraid of how that's going to affect uh, our schedule. Right. And I'm always surprised. There, People are freaking hardcore. They may not want to go to school or work, but they make it to the float center. The majority of them Because they're stealing their salt water to pour on their sidewalks. <laughs> oh, <laughs> there smart. you go. I should have frisked them, frisked them for like jars. I guess you're right. I was wondering why why our levels were lower. <laughs> right. well, that's a, that's a good point, Lance. It was, it was Lance. fantastic. It was a gr- it made for a great week. That's cool. Who knew? May, may I ask, uh, when you spend the night with with Mark, is the evening just conspiracy theory conversation, or is there any <laughs> other type of conversation? Ah, <laughs> uh, so. No, so the way you say, um, Mark, <laughs> the only thing I can say is Mark snores really loud, and I do, those silicone ear co- earplugs come in uh, handy. It doesn't matter how many rooms away I am. <laughs> um, but yes, we did watch several episodes of um, Ancient Aliens. Oh, perfect. Yeah. I'm so uh, glad I'm completely on target with that. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, yes, for anyone who doesn't know, my business partner is a little... Uh, Loves his con- loves his alien conspiracy theories. So. Only the ones that don't make sense. Uh, <laughs> Lance, uh, how about you? I, I hear okay. So forty degrees Celsius is that what you yes. said? Yes. Naked yes. Yes. It's cold here. Right. 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 Mi- right, right. Minus minus forty and minus forty are the same. So it's freaking right. cold. It doesn't matter whether you're talking Fahrenheit or so. Celsius. I, yeah. It's it cold. Oh, it literally is the same. I just googled it. It is yeah. literally the same. Got yeah, it. I forget which point it meets up. Where That's it's like insane. minus thirty-two or something that it meets up in the equal out, but it's cold and um, it's <laughs> it's. I think it's only getting about minus thirty, <laughs> around minus thirty, thirty-two, and then. But we get, we're getting winds, gusts of winds up to the hundred oh. kilometers an hour, and that's. That's where it really uh, bites the skin, because any, anything left uncovered, uh, you can get frostbite in, I think it's about 20 minutes, frostbite can onset on it at some of these temperatures, so um, it's cold so up. You, you're closed down, right? Like, you can't be open in this weather, right? You just have a white flag on top of your Our, our patio's closed for this week, but uh, we're open for business. You just can't sit on the patio this week. <laughs> how, well, how how is business? Uh, it's been, been good. Uh, for the most part, we are uh, getting a lot of new floaters in. Uh, a lot of those gift cards uh, that were sold mm. throughout December are coming back in full force. So um, that's a lot cool. of fun. Giving a lot of walkthroughs. A lot of um, you know, some of these people haven't even heard of floating until uh, Christmas morning when they're opening up their cards and they're getting uh, a gift certificate to the float shack. So. Um, it's it's really cool to bring some of these people through that have no idea what to expect and they're coming out with smiles and and wanting to mo- know more and and booking their next floats. So it's uh, awesome. yeah, it's a lot of fun. Fantastic. But uh, we've been uh, busy, busy, busy. We still don't have our like I don't know. It's been over a month. Our other tank that we've been working on our linerless hydronic oasis that we've been working on. Um, we were supposed right. to have an expert come in and help us with some some pretty interesting plumbing stuff we're doing to sort of automate this so it takes care of itself on temperature because we don't fully know what we're doing. We think we do, but uh wanted to bring in an expert, but he didn't make it today. So, um, oh, yeah, but we've been working on that. We got some more um, construction stuff done. Uh, I spent all day Monday drywalling a storage room. Um, just to cut down our foot traffic, it's right beside all of our float rooms. So all of our towels, all nice. of our chemicals, nice. all of our you know cleaning stuff is right there. Um, one of those things where I was questioning Matt, like why, you know, there's two other walls we had to build to complete this room. Why didn't we complete this two years ago when we built the rest of our studio? But um, yeah, it's almost right. done now. So that'll make things more efficient. Um, stop our foot traffic. You know, if it's 25 seconds, you know, you're walking back and forth your float studio um, 50 times a day. That adds up. So um, just cut, cut that <laughs> right, down. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, things things have been cool. good. Keep them warm. That's the biggest thing. It uh, seems like a lot a lot is going on at the yeah, float shack. That's a cool. lot is going on at the float shack. Nice. 
Brad, I, of course I want to hear about what's been going on with you and your week and everything, if anything's been yeah. interesting. But I'd also, can you just give a little background on um, where you're located, how many float tanks you have in your center when you yeah, opened? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. My wife and I, um, we have been opened for just over two years to celebrated our two-year anniversary this past October. We're Congrats. in Winnipeg, Winnipeg, Canada. So we're like right smack dab in the middle of the continent. There's okay. a a marker 20 minutes, you know, east of the city, which is the geographical center of North America. So oh, wow. that is, yeah. So we're right in the middle for anyone who doesn't know where Winnipeg is. I'm sure they've heard jokes about Winnipeg at some point in time. Uh, winter <laughs> peg, as they call it. Uh, so we have five float tanks, five oasis tanks. Um, and uh, yeah, things are going, things are going good. Um, you know, same as Lance, busy with gift cards coming back over the nice. holidays. Uh, we've got some projects on the go. Lee and I spent probably, you know, a good eight hours um, in one day a couple of days ago just going through data for our, our Hydro P study that we're doing with our Manitoba Public Health. Um, so we're done our data collection portion of that study. And and that's kind of we handed it off to them about eight months worth of data. And they're going to start compiling it and create a report. So you know, we'll have some really good data showing hydrogen peroxide and UV as a safe, you know, efficacy um, in float tank water. So that's awesome. that's super exciting. Um, that is yeah, lots. super duper exciting. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, really how did that cool. come about? Um, when we before we opened, so like a year before we opened the very first well before a year almost two years prior to us opening the first thing we did was we met with public health we, we thought to ourselves okay nobody in winnipeg had a float tank at the time and um we knew we wanted to not just have it in our basement we all wanted to have a commercial center and we're like okay what is one of the roadblocks and we knew that public health was going to be so we sent off some emails made some phone calls we managed to get a meeting with one of the head guys in the province and um sat down with them basically laid out our full intention completely open Mm. and honest he was super appreciative loved it and um said yeah absolutely but you have to use bromine and we're like (laughs) um so we went with bromine for a year and Mm. after a year was over of not and we had um monthly water samples going to lab after that year was over he came to us and he said okay um you guys held up your end of the bargain do you want to do a study with us and we're like hell yeah it was his idea he reached out to you they actually approached us because they knew we wanted to use hydrogen peroxide from the get-go but they wouldn't let us so we just built a really good, strong relationship with them. And uh, they actually approached us and said, hey, do you guys want to do this with us? So we were really excited uh, when that opportunity came to us. And yeah, we jumped on it. So it's it's been really great. And I know Jason McDonald in Alberta and stuff has been involved with uh, with them. And, and they're really, Canada's, okay. Canada's doing a great job at just their public health people are talking to each other and and they're sharing information and yeah, it's just, it's fantastic. So amazing. super, super excited about that. Were so. you, were you getting the readouts every time you submitted your water? Were you actually mm-hmm. able to see the, and so you were seeing that it was, yep. it, it was good. Nice. Yep. Yep. Man, that's yeah, cool. It's, yeah. And, and it's good too, right? It, it, not every time comes back perfect. And they said, you know, they, it doesn't phase them at all. They're like, it doesn't matter. You could run the best, center the best public water facility in the world every now and then you're going to have something show up sometimes mm-hmm. it's a contaminated sample sometimes mm-hmm. it could be you know for, there's so many different reasons um and uh so they were really great at working with us identifying where our weak points were whether it was in mechanical equipment or whether it was in procedural stuff and and they just kind of rolled with the punches and and worked with us on it so it was a really great collaborative uh, effort on on everybody's part so do you officially what get a, oh sorry amy go ahead <laughs> what a great learning opportunity mm-hmm. uh what what did you pick up or what do you feel was most valuable about the whole experience for you what do you feel that you, your takeaways from that experience were um i think understanding well for one understanding the various organisms that can and cannot mm-hmm. or want to survive in the float tank water some of them will grow and thrive and some of them will die over time and also for us because we have oasis tanks 
um, and we have five of them. We had a really great sample size and we had one of our tanks was a control tank. So it was a bromine tank. We kept it bromine. So we had four hydrogen peroxide UV and one bromine tank as our control because we knew the control group was stable and that it wouldn't produce any, any harmful bacteria. And so it allowed us to identify where the weak points in Oasis tanks are. And I mean, Lance knows this, the seams in Oasis tanks are definitely a weak point. We know that now. Mm -hmm. um, other, th you know, other things like the biofilm is an issue with bromine. Um, mm. cleaning, cleaning your UV quartz tube, all that stuff is super important. And, and uh, we were able to kind of learn that and see it over time um, progress. And we saw some you know, majority of the results were good in that there was no bacteria and there was a couple that came back with, you know, Pseudomonas, mm -hmm. but they were, we were able to take care of that. And because we had the procedures laid out, we knew exactly what to do when that happened. So it wasn't like we were left, you know, trying to figure out what to do. We knew exactly what to do, um, to take care of that problem in the, in those tanks. So it's, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been really great. And it's a good training experience for our staff too, not only us. Mm. Now, I want to ask on the, you said the seams on the Oasis. Yeah. Are you siliconing those up now? Yeah. Hmm. That's. Mm -hmm. No, no, we're not. Um, but we have, you know, closed cell foam on the inside. And we have a daily routine of cleaning those seams. Yeah, we so. It's, uh, it's, I was just going to yeah, say, we ahead. found what's worked best for us is um, when we had pseudonomas come up, I can't even say the word, when we had it come up in our tanks, we pulled the top off and we got rid of all the foam and then we double layered the foam mm. and we put it back on while everything was still mm. dry and we filled that whole gap with clear silicone and it makes cleaning 100% nicer. Uh, there's no stagnant water sitting in there. There's no condensation getting there. And we found once the foam gets wet, it's all it absorbs the water and it stays that way so just one of the tricks we've tried that's worked for us um i, I will never put a top on oasis without siliconing that gap um it's one of my favorite things mm -hmm. we've done but um just yeah. want, no it makes just a big to share difference. that with other Absolutely. people that are listening that may have oasis so yeah yeah but other than that i mean those tanks are they're tanks they're built well and <laughs> nice. and they don't they don't have they're very simple machines they don't have a lot of issues so um, yeah, it was, it was a really good experience for sure. Did you get that with UV built in initially and then just yes. not? Okay. Got it. Cool. So you didn't have to retrofit that stuff afterwards. No, no, that would have been a bit of a nightmare for sure. Yeah. Tell me about it. Uh, so, so, uh, you, you, run this business with your wife, Leah. Um, yes. what, what, what role do you guys play with the business and are you both, is it a 50, 50 thing? How does that work? Yeah, we're both very active in the business. Um, you know, I, up until a year ago, I had a full-time job, more than a full-time job as well. Leah was working at the center. She was working five days a week there, five or six days a week at the center, um, and then managing all communications and social media. So she does mm. pretty much all of our social media. Um, most of the communications that happens between, you know, us and our guests or us and anybody else, a lot of it is managed by her and, you know, a lot of it's collaborative too. I mean, we're husband and wife, so we're constantly talking float stuff. Like yeah, yeah. it's, it's always, you know, pillow talk is, float <laughs> stuff. you know, like you, you can't get away from it and, it and it's, it's good. Um, and you got to know when to also draw your boundaries and be like, okay, this is our time not float time. Right. Right. And, and that's, and that's, I mean, that's a whole nother topic is husband and wife teams. Cause I know it's a popular thing in the float industry. Yeah, and it seems to it be. Can, and it can be challenging. I mean, there's uh, oh my God, you know, yeah. like there's can be a lot of stress running a business. It doesn't matter whether it's a float center or any kind of business. It's a, it can be a stressful endeavor. And, uh, and I think it's really important to really be, really be tight. So she does a lot of that. I do pretty much, um, um, like, you know, any kind of book stuff. I do a lot of the marketing, the graphic design, um, anything related to that. I do all the, I'm starting to get rid of some of the maintenance stuff, any maintenance stuff to do with the tanks, the water top ups, all that stuff, starting to create procedures for our staff to actually take that, those things over, which is yeah, nice. Okay. Yeah. You have to, otherwise Lance, just Lance is a big proponent ended. of that. I mean, and we are too, but I think Lance has talked the most about that, about just like having written procedures, training your staff on it. And then you just get to, it's not your yeah. thing anymore. It gets done as it long gets as it's done, written yeah. down. 
and trained properly. That's the goal. The, the goal yes. is it for, for it to not be your thing, but we got everything, all our procedures done, yeah. but we're still the ones doing all the work. So <laughs> No, totally. I hear you. And I, I think I think that's the challenge with any entrepreneur is, is everybody, uh, entrepreneur, typical entrepreneur yes. is nobody can do it as good as me. And that attitude doesn't work because you end up just killing yourself over time. And, uh, and also your staff, like when you get good staff that believe in what you believe, yeah. they want to do, like they want to be hands-on and mm-hmm. it makes them feel good. Like they're getting stuff done. If you don't give them jobs that are meaningful and they just are running floats and giving tours mm-hmm. all day, mm-hmm. then that job is going to be, you know, it's not going to be fulfilling for them forever. So they want to, they want to make an impact on the people in the business. So it's really important to give some of that oh, stuff yeah. away. That's awesome. I completely mm-hmm. agree. That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, going back to you and your wife working, may I just ask, like, do you have any yeah. designated times? Like, okay, we're going to meet and talk about this topic, <laughs> or is it just, uh, dude, nebulous? It's, it, it can be. It can be hard to do that. Where you know, now that I haven't had a full time day job on top of doing floats um, yeah. for almost a year, um, we're now getting into a good rhythm where we are able to plan out things ahead of time, you know, months ahead of time and be like, okay, let's go sit at a coffee shop all day, you know, just get out of the house. That's, that's Mm -hmm. important, you know, creating, creating a workspace where you can go. Um, so we're definitely getting better at that. And, and Amy, I mean, you guys, you do your getaways where you go and you do planning. I think it's fantastic. I love that idea. Uh, so we're trying to, you know, unfortunately in Winnipeg, we're very landlocked. So it's like you can't drive anywhere unless you drive eight hours. Um, and if you get on a plane, I might as well go to, you know, I might as well go to the Caribbean because if I got to get on a plane, then what the right. hell? Um, you know, it's it's like I'm not going to just get on a plane and go to Calgary or go visit Lance and Red Deer. Like, like although that might be fun. Sounds pretty awesome. Have, I don't know. Uh, well, I mean, we'd have... <laughs> We did, yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah, completely different view of white. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, yeah, but it's important to create to create those times when you you're doing work time and you're doing home time. You know. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. When you said pillow talk, I mean that can quite literally be like in bed conversations, and you're talking about float stuff, and it can even start out light and really exciting about stuff, and then get to some really intense nitty gritty, yes. and it's like, oh shoot, we're going to bed. Yeah, I don't want to be thinking about that exactly, and I'm I'm the worst too. I'm the ideas guy, so I mm. come up with ideas at the worst times. You know, eleven o'clock <laughs> at night, I should be sleeping. Totally. No, no, my brain's gone. I'm coming up with ideas. I'm like, okay, hold on, I got to write this down. It's uh, I'm terrible. Write it down. But, don't share it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But no, it's um, definitely important to make time for yourself. So with five float tanks, um, and you, mm-hmm. you mentioned training employees, how many employees do you have currently? And and how many hours are you and Leah working currently at, at the business? Yeah, yeah. We have seven employees um, nice. right wow. now. And uh, we work at the business probably about 20 to 25 hours a week. And then the rest of the time is doing everything else. Right. You know, doing everything, yeah. And uh, is it two two people on staff at a time? Uh, with, with five it, tanks, it, I, I don't know what that looks like. Yeah, yeah. The the way we do our schedule, um, it, we've, you know, honestly, like we from day one thought staggering appointments, doing three on the hour, two on the half hour would be a good idea. And it's proven to be, for, for our, from our perspective, a good idea. We've never changed that. Um, it's very predictable. Our guests know. You know, we have a lot of people that come in and float together in threes, so it works out great for that. Um so, yeah, it's really, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things where, um, sorry, I, I totally forgot your question. It's <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, just uh, staffing. And, and But now you, you uh, brought up something. I think we're stumbling into a new conversation, which I, I know there are float centers out there, but I've never fully mm. believed in this, which is staggering appointments. Unless you're, like, in two different buildings, like those pump systems, how do you isolate the vibrations? And does it truly work, or does it work mm-hmm. good enough? Talk to me. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Um, it it for us it works like the the building that we're in in like 1950 it used to be a machine shed i looked all this up before we even got into the building so the concrete floors are like double thick in this thing it was like an old like they used to i don't know bend metal and do like crazy stuff in this building 
And uh, so we have very little vibrational noise um, that gets transferred between rooms. So when you're in a float tank there, you cannot hear the pump going in the room next to you. That's so it, yeah. And that just, you know, that worked out really well for us. Um, <laughs> so doing the, doing the appointments staggered like that is, is ideal because it gives us that enough time to transition three appointments in three appointments out. And then those other people are now in the shower who are on the half hour appointments. And when we run full awesome. capacity, we run two staff. I mean, we have to. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, you, you need somebody dealing with guests and you need somebody in the back. It, yeah. it only makes sense. Like I, I hear about float centers who have five tanks and they run one staff. I have no idea, yeah. no idea how you give your guests the attention that they should be getting from that kind of service. I mean, that's our opinion and, and everybody has their own. So, of course, but, yeah. but, but yeah, it's, I, I have no idea how float centers do that. Like, wow. I, I, if, if I can even just build on that even more, I think mm-hmm. to, to give the true experience, you need three staff members, uh, you know, one for downloading people leaving, one for people coming in and one for cleaning rooms. Um, and that's not a mark that the float shop hits, but uh, I, I feel like that would be the dream. It just doesn't work out financially. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's the thing too. Everybody has different, you know, wages and you know, expectations of their staff and, right. and all those things. So for us to, to makes a lot of sense. It works perfectly. Fascinating. The staggered. That's uh that's great to hear that that works. I would love to be able to And do you that. staggered by the half hour, did you say, or by the hour? No, we do three, three on the hour. hour. So we'll do like, you know, say three yep. at 10 AM and two at 10, 10 two 30. at 10 Okay. Gotcha. 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 Yeah. That's really interesting. And how long yeah. are your floats? 60 and or 90? Ju- 90? 90. Yeah, uh, and two, uh, two, two hour blocks. blocks, so it gives Perfect. you that half hour. Yeah, It's similar yeah. to what you have. Why not do, say, 10 and 11? How come the 30-minute decision? I find that really interesting. Um, it gives us enough time to do the cleaning and get somebody else in. I mean, so if it's, uh, ten, you know, if the float starts at 10 a.m., it ends at 11.30, and those people are out of there by, you know, 11.40, and then you got you know, 20 to 25 minutes, depending on how fast people get out of the room, uh, to clean, to clean those three rooms, which is just enough time. And if you have two staff on, it's totally fine. Cause somebody can handle the, the front of the house. Yeah. And then you got your other staff doing the back of the house. So it, yeah, it just works. It, 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 it's kind of perfectly timed. Right. It, it seems now that you're describing it, it actually seems mm-hmm. perfect. I just, I don't think I ever would have come to that conclusion of the half hour. Yeah. Uh, rather than an hour. But yeah, that makes a ton of sense. And I mean, it, it depends. And it depends, of course, like, you know, with the Oasis tanks, the pumps on them are ginormous. Like they move a lot of water. And so in Manitoba here, we have a four turnover uh, mm-hmm. regulation where we have to have four full turnovers of the water, meaning, of course, you know, it has to be able to move that much water, which we can do in about, I think it's like six or seven minutes or something because the pumps move so much water. But if you, but if you had, you know, some tanks don't have that kind of, um, that kind of flow rate. So, you know, you're probably not going to be able to hit that or you're not going to be able to have that half an hour break and still meet those for four turnovers. Oh, got it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Got it. So, uh, float.com. Uh, it's, it is float.calm. Uh, yes. can, can you tell me about how you guys came up with that name? Uh, yeah, Leah had it in a dream. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's all uh, you needed to no, say. No. Yeah. No, it, it, she actually woke up with it. Um, one morning, you know, like any, somebody, anybody trying to start a business, one of the fun, best things to do is to come up with fun names. I, I think it's a blast to come up with fun names for businesses or new endeavors or whatever. Um, and so we had this ridiculous long list of names going and Leah woke up in the morning the day after and she's like, I got it float.com. And I'm like, what? I didn't get it at first. And then she, <laughs> you know, it kind of sunk in. I was like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. I mean, um, for, for us, uh, I, you know, I was in the healthcare kind of it world for like close to 15 years And, um, so my background is, you know, computer, you know, I'm a lot more, I identify more as a geek now than I probably used to just cause I think it's, I don't think there's as much stigma and stereotype around it anymore (laughs) as there used to be. Um, and for me, I saw people in that industry who they needed to float so bad. Like they were either completely 
self-involved or they were involved in, um, they were killing themselves by sitting in front of a computer for 10 hours a day. You know, their bodies were not, you know, um, (laughs) their bodies were failing. Like they, they were not happy people. And uh, in the workplace that I had, there were some great people, but they were miserable and they, you know, it was a healthcare IT company, yet the people there, the focus was not on their health. And so I saw this, this oxymoron uh, constantly. And also with the way the world is now, we're so connected, um, you know, floating. One of the reasons why floating, I think anyway, is made a comeback is because of the internet. And so we try to play on that, you know, that, that technology side of things a little bit. And, um, and, uh, you know, some people don't get it at first. Some, a lot of people just call us float calm, which is fine. We knew there'd be confusion with the name going in. It was one of the discussions we had, like people are totally going to be confused. They're not going to get it. They're just going to call it float calm. And, and, um, but, you know, I, I think the message is there, um, that, you know, it's, we're living in this world where we're constantly connected and there's great, amazing, beautiful things about it. And there's some not so great, amazing, beautiful things about it as well. And I think finding that balance in there um, is uh, kind of what floating is all about. Finding that balance between the crazy connectedness that we all enjoy and the conveniences that it offers and that kind of serenity that you can find in a float tank. It's, it's really kind of, you know, the, the two worlds colliding. That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for sharing that. That's great. Absolutely. Um, let's see here. I, I was on your website and I saw a, a very professionally done video with, with you and Leah that I, I thought was great. Um, I mean, not, not only did I think it was great, I think it was filmed very well and edited very well. Was that Thank something you. you guys did or did you hire out uh, a company to do that for you? Yeah, we definitely hired out. I mean, <laughs> I mean one, of, one of the things, you know, I think is important for, <clears throat> for and this is something that we try to call ourselves on, and I think something that um, most business owners need to call themselves on, too, is you can't be good at everything, you know? You can be good at some things, but you're not going to be an expert at everything, mm-hmm. and when you're not, you need to find some people who are. And so we, we kind of searched a little bit. And, and whenever we do anything, our focus is always local first. So if we can support somebody local, um, then we're going to go that route. So we started looking up some different companies, reached out to a few, and uh, got a hold of this one company. They're in, they're in Winnipeg here. They're called Co-Element. Um, and they specialize in doing videos um, for companies. That's basically their main focus. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we also found out that a couple of the guys there were floaters. So we were like, nice. okay, I mean, perfect. this is, this makes, <laughs> this makes perfect sense. Nice. Um, so yeah, we had, we hired them to, to come in and shoot the video and, and do the editing and everything like that. It was very, very positive experience. Um, they were Working amazing to work with. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they do stuff remotely as well. I don't know. But um, but they were an, a fantastic company. Like I think initially they said we would get like three thirty second videos out of it, uh-huh. and they they said there was just so much good material. They ended up giving us like three videos, all you know, over a couple minutes long. Wow, so it, it, re- it was Aww. a it was a really great. It was a good deal, I would say. Um, right, but it right. was it was completely worth the money. Like fantastic. absolutely. Uh, so. Uh, what kind of impact has that had on your business? I mean, it's it's on your homepage. Do you um, mm-hmm. do you try to promote it? Do you just wait for people to see it on your homepage? And yeah, we came out with it um, last. I think it was November, like November twenty fifteen, was when we released it initially. Okay. And so we did use it as a promotional tool at the time. We ran some Facebook contests and stuff, um, nice. you know, encouraging people to share the video, and and that worked. That did very well. Um, got a lot of action and a lot more people on our Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's been out for over a year. We are constantly telling people who call and they're, you know, they get you on the phone and they're like, so what do you guys do there? <laughs> this, you know, everybody gets it and you're like, okay, where do I start? You know, I, I've done this <laughs> spiel a thousand times and you give them the spiel and then you say, okay, well, you know what? 
have you been to our website? No, okay, go to our homepage, scroll down a bit. There's a video there, gives a nice tour of our space and cool. explains right. a little bit more about floating. So it's a really great way to kind of build that relationship and also get some trust there as well. That, hmm. you know, I think- Because um, they get to meet you in the video. They get to meet you in the video, yeah. And, th- and then they come in and if you're actually working, they're like, oh, you're the guy from the YouTube video. And it's like, yeah, it's like, don't make it weird, dude. Like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I know you, man. Yeah, I know. I know. I know you. Um, but no, it's a it's a great, uh, great way to educate. You know, that's cool. one of the biggest things I think as an industry is just that that professional level of education um, needs to be there for people to take us seriously because we're already so fringe. Like there's, mm-hmm. you know, go crawl into this dark wet place like it's it's uh you know filled with salt water it's it's already a very strange thing for a lot of people you got to break those barriers down and and doing a nice video that looks like it was you know as professional as anything out there for us anyway just it just made sense kind of at the time for sure I love that. Uh, and, and speaking of the professionalism, I want to go into a little bit of your logo design and kind of your your branding and all that stuff. But before we continue, I just want to give a shout out to Center of the Cyclone, which is being released on Amazon. It's being re-released as its 45th anniversary edition, which now has an afterwards by Lee Perry and Adam Trombley. So that's very exciting, very cool. It's completely uh, redesigned cover and everything as well. So uh, that's just a staple for any flow center to have. And it's, it's um, I think Amy would agree, one of uh, mm-hmm. uh, Lily's best works. Um, yes, and, my favorite uh, for sure. Perhaps most accessible as well. Um, anywho, so if you are interested, uh, we're going to put that link on the website and it's, it's on amazon.com. Of course, if you just search center of the cyclone as well. So, um, so back to Brad, uh, so I'm just really curious here in given, I would say a million years, I would never have designed a float room with dropped ceilings and, uh, purple lights going around the ceiling. Yet I see that I'm seeing that in float centers and it works. It totally works. Where, where did you... I think Lance has something very similar. Where did you get yeah. the concept? Yeah, of that? I mean that's that's definitely a tribute um, f- f- to Float House uh, in Vancouver, the original Float House. Um, uh-huh. w- you know, we're kind of under the same impression. Like we tried a bunch of different lighting styles, uh-huh. and there's something about having colored lights in your float room. I don't know what uh-huh. it is. It just kind of gives this ambiance that you can't match, even with dim lighting. Um, and they're not actually drop ceilings like in our, in our space, it's, it's all solid and it's just a little nook kind of at the back of the wall that was created and there's led strips in there and, and, you know, you can change the color on them. We try not to, you know, go crazy and put red lights or anything that's not super relaxing or or put the blinking mode on. Um, (laughs) but yeah, I, I don't know I, I guess, you know, I think people just see that, see it in pictures and. You know, mm-hmm. other flow centers adopt it. It does. It looks cool. People like it. I agree. I think it photographs very well. And like with our isopod and our tranquility, it's like it just it just looks better. I don't know what it is. It I've always better. And I know some. Oh, sorry, I, I've always been obsessed with lighting since since as far back <laughs> as I can go. Lighting's been my thing, and there is lights everywhere through the float shack. But um, hmm. you know, a lot of people listening to this have put on those color therapy glasses, and they know a little bit about those color color therapy glasses. But colors can make you feel different ways, and that's something I want to portray through our float rooms. Is that um, you know you can you can set the mood of what you want in that room, uh, and then when all the other lights go off, there's that nice little glow from from the LEDs. Ours stay on right now. Hopefully they'll be on a motion sensor soon, but our LED lights stay on and all the other lights go off. So, um, yeah, when we built ours, we built ours coming dead. They were way, 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 way too much work. Like the three rooms we did, we probably had, I would say 30 some hours building these drop ceilings because we did it backwards pretty much. Um, we built the center of the ceiling um, like a box, and then the lights would point towards the walls, which is a really cool effect that makes it look like the ceiling's actually floating from the walls. But it is a nightmare to work on. It was a nightmare to build. It was a nightmare oh. to drywall. It was a nightmare to do everything. Um, but we've also recently put in... I got these little, like, touch panels that you can just touch to change the colors. Um, they're not put in the rooms yet, but we have them... 
um, ready to basically mount in the wall. So anyone can change the color if they want, and it's water resistant, all that sort of jazz. But um, wow, big big fan of lights in the float rooms. Cool stuff. Are those hue no. lights? Or the, no, is that I just okay. I just use um, sort of a generic um, RGBW um, LED strip, and then. Um, there's tons of different controllers and amplifiers and power supplies you can get to fit your needs. It's a whole, a whole world out there when it comes to LEDs. Hues are very, very specific and, and very freaking expensive as well. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are. Yes, they are. They've been a little prohibitive at the shop, but I'd, I'd still like to move to the hue lights in our business. They're, hues are good for accent. I, I, I like them for accent lighting. Um, if I had all 30-some light bulbs in my float center hues, I think um, I'd have to take a mortgage out of my house to, to pay for all those. But. <laughs> <laughs> and let me add a real quick aside, something else that happened at the office this week is our internet went out. Ah, and yes. our hue lights are only in our float rooms. <laughs> Dang. Ooh, that didn't <laughs> work so well. So okay. um, we took them out, oh. threw in some real light bulbs real quick. And um, then a, an employee dropped one of the hue bulbs. Uh. Uh, it was painful. <laughs> but, um, but that said, yes. So things to keep in mind. So, yeah. Hue so lighting, when the internet goes out, it ruins the mood. <laughs> and they go on. They go by default to just clothes. white, right? Just like, like, just just like, like a halogen. halogen. So you had floaters in there? Just like halogen. You had floaters in there while it happened? Uh, we had floaters in. That's my biggest fear. Yep, that's it right there. Yep. And it happens, it. and that's maybe the second time our uh, internet has gone out of course. since we've been of course. in. So, so don't blame the Hughes is what yes. she's saying. <laughs> blame the internet. <laughs> well, it'd be nice if Hugh had a default to go, you could define its default setting. If I think it's more of an emergency great, thing. Like, like if... Great, an emergency, I need red lights, you know, something... <laughs> emergency, my Wi-Fi is yeah, yeah, well, it is 2016, <laughs> yeah. it is a big thing. It's 2017, <laughs> dang. It's a good point, Brad. <laughs> oh, that's great. Just a little aside, yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, Brad, I want to I want to get to the um, branding and, and uh, a little bit of marketing stuff. And um, I think it was at the float conference. You must have been wearing one of your shirts. Maybe I was just familiar with your branding already. I'm not sure. But I might have even asked you, like, uh, are you part of a franchise or who did you hire to do your your branding? Because it just looked very professional. Can, Thank you. Uh, First, can you describe what it is to our listeners in case they're not on, on the website? Of course, of course, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it was really important to us um, to have that, that polished kind of look because we knew, uh, well, we knew, A, that we weren't going to be the only float center in town, and we knew that um, it, Winnipeg is a very conservative market typically, um, there used to be companies that would come to Winnipeg as a test market because they would say if it can survive in Winnipeg, it can survive anywhere. I don't know if you remember. I don't know if you remember Mondetta Clothing. Do you remember? Is that maybe it's a Canadian company? I don't know. But they they came here. They did a big test thing to see if it would even fly. And this is way back in the '90s now. Um, but you know, for us, it was really important to have that nice polished look. So we early on. Um, again, did a lot of research and met with some branding companies to kind of give us that foundation. Because if you don't have the foundation, you have nothing to build off of. Um, and so some of the things that people often mistake for branding is they often mistake things like a logo as your brand. A logo is just a logo. You know, it's not your brand. Branding is a lot deeper um, than, than that. So our branding, like our logo, we we designed on, um, what's that website? 99designs. I think it's come up on Float Collective a bunch. Great We've website. We've on the show, totally, yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's it's fantastic. You can't beat, you know, paying three to $500 <laughs> and having hundreds of submissions from all over the world for, mm -hmm. for a logo. Like, it's really fantastic that way. Um, and uh, we came up with our slogan, Disconnect to Reconnect. Uh, which again plays on that whole kind of technology kind of thing as well. Um, and then we took all that to a couple branding companies that we have here in, in Winnipeg and uh, sat down with them. And one of the most valuable exercises that we did, and I, you know, we have friends that are starting businesses, not float businesses, but other businesses. And one of the things that I always tell them, I'm like, have you done 
your branding? Have you done a questionnaire, a branding questionnaire? And I'll give them one because, you know, it takes time, but it is some of the most valuable time you'll spend on your business in our perspective. And some of the best money you will spend on your business is on your branding. Because if you try to go and redo your branding after you've already established yourself, it costs way more, takes way more time, causes confusion for your customers. Um, but if you do it right up front, then you get people walking in the door saying, oh, you guys aren't a franchise. And when that happens, which to us happens quite frequently, it's like the biggest compliment because it's like, <laughs> like, thank you so much because <laughs> we put so much effort into everything that we do, even if it's a little promotion for you know, a sale or Valentine's Day or whatever, everything we try to do has that same level of polish. Um, and, and it just makes, it makes the, it lowers those barriers for people and they look at it and go, well, this isn't just some hippie, you know, mm-hmm. in, in, with a float tank from, you know, 1970, cause Winnipeg did have a couple float centers back in the eighties and they were super sketchy. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, that people look at it completely different. So for us, you know, the, we have kind of our, our logo is our boat and our boat, um, the, it actually came from the slogan that's on the bottom of the book of floating, you know, explore the private sea. That was kind of the, the impetus for the actual boat, but it also kind of looks like a lotus flower, which lotus flowers have their own kind of imagery and representation behind them. So we kind of combine those two things together. Um, and then, you know, the, the other parts of it are we have kind of an icon scheme uh, that we created um, to help communicate to to our, our guests. So like the body, mind, spirit, um, imagination type thing, which encompasses floating. And it also gives us imagery to work with um, when we want to communicate certain, say, marketing campaigns. So if we want to do a campaign on, um, you know, the uh, the effects of floating for sports recovery, well, we have a we have an image for that that's recognizable and can be used on top of other mm. imagery or other kind of marketing things, um, and it helps communicate it and it creates consistency. And I think that's you know one of the real big things about branding is creating that consistency. Um, so you, you know the worst thing is if you have a company that just they throw stuff out there with no care for simple things like font and imagery consistency, color palette, all that stuff. It has to be, you have to be really, um, you have to be really consistent. I think that's one of the things that I constantly push anybody that I know who's in business is like, just be really consistent, know your brand, take a couple days and do a branding questionnaire. It's a, it's an in-depth study into who you want your brand to be, which is like, it's like you're giving birth to a person like this thing can survive on its own outside of you. And, and it should be able to survive on its own without you at the helm. And, uh, you know, the, the logo and these things are just the clothes that that person is wearing, but they're a lot deeper than that. They have essence and they have, they have a lot um, more meaning to them. Um, and I, and that to me is kind of what branding embodies. It's, it's the whole package of, of this thing that you're, that you're creating, which is what the float industry is, you know, so great at doing is everybody loves bringing their own creative flair to the table. Uh, and it's so awesome to see because some people are just kicking ass. They're doing mm-hmm. awesome jobs. There's some really great float centers that are, that are opening and some great ones that are open already. Uh, Yes, to everything you've said. I, I just uh, really good information there. It really brings to mind a lot of things that we don't do well at the float shop, um, like where we have. I feel like we're reinventing the wheel every time we do a campaign. You know, we don't have everything dialed in. We don't have fonts that are necessarily what we use, or symbols or images that are uh, applicable to every campaign. So, and and I think Amy and Lance are ahead of me on that one, where they're really defining what their brand is. And again, not just the logo as you described, but the brand. Um, so I, I really like that. I, if I can just um, go back to the, uh, the questionnaire for, for what a brand, mm-hmm. the brand questionnaire would, would um, is there one that you recommend one that we can link to or. Uh... Um, I, I have one um, that I can definitely send. I, th- 
I can't even remember where I got it from, to be honest. But okay. you can you can search for them online. There a lot of them are pretty common or pretty mm-hmm. uh, similar, depending sure. on where you go. Um, they start off very businessy, like you know, do a SWOT analysis, you know, and and they go into who is your customer, but then they go into some more. Um, abstract type questions like give me five words that describe the essence of your business and that's when you really start getting into the you know it kind of makes you question um, your own um, belief system and why you're doing this in the first place and you know you can really tell float centers that are in it for the right reasons Mm. um, because they communicate really clearly what those reasons are you know there's this really great book um it's a TED talk too, and I can give you the link to it. You've probably seen it, but Simon Sinek, and it's it's called um, um, his book is called um, what's it called again? It's called the why, uh, starts with why. That's what it's called, and um, his slogan is "People don't buy what you do; they buy why you do it." Hmm. And good companies communicate the why, so they instead of hmm. communicating, "I do floating." You know, I do floating, you know, it's a bathtub with, you know, thousand pounds of Epsom salt in it and yada, yada. Um, oh, yeah. And by the way, some people, you know, have really amazing spiritual experiences in them. They commun- that's, that's completely the wrong way of communicating. You got to communicate it the other way around. You know, we help people expand their consciousness and we help people uh, connect with themselves. We do that by you know, offering flotation sessions and a flotation session is yada, yada, yada. So you have to communicate from the inside out. And that's kind of what, what his book uh, talks about. It gives a bunch of case studies that he hmm. has done. And it's a, it's, I would definitely encourage anybody to, to read it or even just watch his Ted talk. Um, he really breaks it down. Well. well, we'll definitely link the Ted talk there. That's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. And it's a great book too. I'm so glad you brought that one. Oh, up. nice. You know, one of the things for uh, Float Nashville, especially for me, one of my weaknesses is um, visual. Like, uh, I I don't have that eye Mm -hmm. that I'm able to uh, put things together in a a consistent way. And one thing that really helped me and one of the things our, our branding company helped us do was to create a Pinterest board. Uh, and f- we were only allowed up to, I think it was 15 to 20 images, and we're narrowing it down. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, my gosh, okay, there's a visual representation of what our brand is going to look like. And uh, it was a very strong tool. If from Going forward from there, it kind of made everything meld together. It was another uh, tool that we utilized that just felt very strong and impactful for me uh, as someone who is doesn't have that visual um, uh, doesn't have that visual gift like some other people do seemingly. So uh, you get to hit both ends of those spectrums. Yeah. Uh, going more in depth into the Pinterest, was it like color palettes? Was it just kind of anything that gave the feel? What She asked us to put, uh, the one we worked with, she asked us to uh, find some fonts that we enjoyed, some feel, some things that felt that, that visually gave the uh, impression of the words that we utilized, just like Brad had mentioned. We were asked to, to kind of suss out the, uh, the brand in, actually we had to do it in three words. Um, so there was some visuals on there that kind of gave that emotional impact that we felt gave the emotional impact of the words that we utilized. And um, also just some other branding that we like were some color palettes that we liked. And we started to see patterns as Mark and I created it together. We started to see patterns of where we crossed over. We started to see that pictures that we chose um, had certain amounts of white space as opposed to and they had more muted colors as opposed to bright colors that took up the entire frame Um, so we started to see patterns and that in identifying patterns really helped me as we start to move forward which we have not rolled out our new branding yet it's going to be a a little bit but um, uh, but that visual really for me was something that made that whole process uh, really come together and made it a little easier for me to understand nice yeah for sure yeah i think the the thing that's like for from a visual standpoint that's a a pinterest is an awesome tool i think now that you mention it i think our company had us do the same thing i I think i still have that pin board and uh you know your brand is like a filter it it provides you with 
um, a filter that you can now run things through in the future. And you can say, okay, does this, even things as simple as, uh, you know, an email response to a, a guest mm. is like, does this, does the tone of this email kind of match our, the, what we want to put out there? And, and uh, does this social media post, you know, match what we want to put out there? And, uh, you know, one of the things that came up in our branding questionnaire was um, anything we put out, we always want to make sure it has value. So uh, we always ask our, ourselves, does this have value to our customer and if we're putting out a post that says hey come float with us you know buy three floats you know whatever that has no value there's no value to that to the to the receiver the recipient of that post but if it it has something that says you know um you know connect with you know reconnect with yourself and you know now's a perfect time of year and you know self-reflection and maybe it has a you know, a good meme or something like that. It's simple. You're not trying to sell anything. You're just trying to put out, you know, good vibes essentially out there and, and boost somebody's day. It now has value. Um, so that's kind of one of the filters that we always run through. But without doing that exercise up front, which at the time can seem really f- almost frustrating. You're like, why do I have to come up with five words that describe the essence of my company? <laughs> you know, it seems silly, but right. when you do it, a year or two down the road, you realize that, holy crap, I'm glad I did that. That was, that's really valuable. I now have that filter to run everything. Yeah. I, we, we did the same thing. We spent weeks um, working with our business coach, John, trying to figure out what business we're truly in. He asked us that one question. He says, what business are you actually in? And we said, Oh, we're in the business of floating. He said, no, you're not. That's what you do. That's not what you're in. It took us weeks to figure out what business we're truly in. Um, but everything we do bases off that soul, that soul thing we found. So it's, it's very similar thing to what, what you did and very important. Like you said, what I, when I hear what you guys are saying, I feel like, um, like, let's say you're responding to an email, you're going to put out a Facebook post or what have you, you have infinite options or you have hundreds of thousands of options to what what to put out there. And it's almost uh, paralyzing to do that. Or it's so much work to go, what, what do I want to put out there? But if you have your brand, if, does it meet these five criteria or these three words of criteria, then all of a sudden it just becomes such a more narrow focused field of what ends up going out there. And so much easier on, on your side to actually put the stuff out there. Um, also when talking about, uh, having the brand, um, you know, as, as again, you said, not just the logo, but all the other stuff behind it, kind of preloaded like again it, it feels like sandra and i are reinventing the wheel each time we put out an ad or have to do any kind of promotion it's um thing like the foundation is already there and we're just putting accents on it instead is kind of what i hear you saying or and please don't let me put words in your mouth but i feel like when you come up with an idea it doesn't you're not starting from scratch every time you, you it's all kind of you have all the ingredients already and you just have to mix it I think, yeah, for the most part, you nailed it. I think it's important to, um, it's important to have that baseline. And at first it's a bit clunky. At first you may be, you know, maybe referencing your branding questionnaire and being like, yeah, you, you know, you're kind of struggling to figure out what this thing is that you're trying to create. After a while, it becomes second nature. After a while, it becomes very intuitive because the brand is, it's not, it's not you, it's, part of you and maybe part of a couple people or a couple you know a few different people after a while it becomes so intuitive that you are able to actually have more of almost an emotional reaction and that's kind of what a brand is is it's it's a certain emotional reaction that you want to give people when they interact with your brand whatever that is email facebook post logo whatever it is and so once you understand and you can feel that emotion that you're trying to get across, I can come up with copy for a Facebook post and immediately I know I'm like, yeah, that doesn't sound right. And then Leah, Leo will be like, no, it's fine. I'm like, no, it doesn't sound right. <laughs> and I'll sit with it and then I'll, I'll come up with something else. And I'll be like, okay, hey, that now that feels good. And she'll completely agree. She'll be like, yep, mm. you're right. It's, it's a very visceral kind of feeling. Um, and I think that's something that people in the float industry are probably really good at 
because if they just sit with it and, and, and think about it and write it down, because people in the photo industry are already really good at going inward and, and trying to feel their emotions and figure out what it is they're trying to create, what, what they're trying to do in the world is way bigger than just their float center. And, uh, and I think that's a really important thing to, to keep in mind is like, keep your eye, you know, have a really big vision, way bigger than yourself. And then you'll start to kind of tap into that emotional part of it as well. And that's, that's really where, uh, for us anyway, that's really where our kind of branding comes from is that emotional reaction that we want to get from people. I love it. And, and to anybody who doesn't have a float center yet, or like they're, they're circling the, I'm trying to get a loan and to get a location. And that's just, you're in that holding pattern forever. Uh, what a great time. Cause trust all four of us. I think we're all going to agree. You're not going to have that much time to develop your brand after you open. And like Brad said, reinventing it is difficult. That's why we have our logo currently because it means something to Portland and to, to switch it out now and unify our brand also means sacrificing some of that. Um, but anyway, I digress. What I mean to say is use that time now to start working on these things that uh, we're all talking about because, I mean, I can speak from experience of I, I didn't do that and we're paying, we're paying the price. Um, and boy, would have been nice to use downtime back in the day to, to get that done. Do the work up front, get that stuff done. It'll make everything so much easier in the future. Um, and I know that's not the human instinct <laughs> to do, but boy, howdy. Um, can I just get an amen from everybody on that one? Does anybody disagree with that? Yeah, amen. Absolutely. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) All right. Boy. Um, is there anything else you'd like to share, Brad, or anything about your float center that you find special, unique, or something that would be helpful for the float community? Um, I think, yeah, I mean, I think the big thing is, uh, like you said, taking that time up front, taking that time early to really identify what, what's your, what's your vision? What are you trying to accomplish here, um, with opening a float center? Cause it's not easy. Um, it, you're not going to be a millionaire. Um, you know, and, and you've heard probably many people Maybe. in the float industry say these same things and it has to, your intentions have to be true um to whatever your vision is and your vision if your vision is to make money then you probably want to go into real estate or something else because (laughs) it's yeah there there's a lot of work and a lot of a lot of commitment involved in it and i think spending that time up front and figuring out what you want to do um uh what your really big goal is um that's what's going to keep you driving forward when mm. the times get tough and you got a leak at, you know, two in the morning or a pump won't start and your staff are calling you <sighs> and you're exhausted or you're, or, or you're half in the, or you're half in the bag and you're like, ah, oh, crap, I got to go to the center now and try to figure out why this pump won't go. Um, that's what keeps you going. Good call. Amy and Lance, do you have anything else you'd like to ask or add? He said it beautifully. I agree with that. Uh, if you don't know, if you don't know why you're really doing this, mm. if you aren't committed to something that is beyond the money, um, it makes getting up every day tough. Mm. Uh, but when you are doing it for the right reason, when you're doing it for something bigger than you, bigger than um, what you've created, well, life can be pretty beautiful. And I don't think you should let anybody else tell you what that right reason is. It just has to be true to you. It just has to be in line with yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. Something uh, that you believe in. Something that's bigger than every that, bigger than just you. For for a final question, Brad, may I ask what your future plans are? You're, you're you've been open two years. What's next for for you and Leah and Float.com? Uh, right now, we're going through. We have uh, <clears throat> we have a couple things kind of on the burner. Um, working with a few different uh, business people right now, just trying to figure out what from a strategy, I guess you could say standpoint makes the most sense mm-hmm. uh, for us. Um, you know, I took uh, personally, I took a position with the float collective um, as a director on the board. So I'm really excited and looking forward to that. Um, hopefully I can, I can add some value there. I think it's a privilege to be there. Um, and uh, right now, yeah, we're, we're just trying to really, we're in kind of the streamlining phase. We're really streamlining things, trying to extract ourselves 
out of the business a little bit, you know, and so instead of working in the business, working on the business, um, we've been open two years, but because one of those years I was working more than a full-time job, I kind of don't feel like that first year, that first year we were, we were just limping along. Um, (laughs) you know, Leo was doing majority of the heavy lifting and, and doing a great job at it, but it's more than a one person job. And, and, uh, so I feel like we, it's, even though we've been open two years, it feels like one for us at this point but i think it's interesting yeah i think we got some some cool stuff coming up here in the future we're excited about okay cool excellent well thank you so much for joining us on the show tonight yeah thank you for having me yeah it's been a pleasure and incredibly insightful i think this will be wonderful for the community so thank you for being such an open book and sharing so so open-heartedly with everybody absolutely thank you very much for having me Yeah, so thanks to Lance, Amy, and Brad for joining us. And remember, there's an infinite amount to find in the presence of nothing. So spend some time there. We'll see you next week. You're listening to Art of the Float. 